0: UMGoBlue.com, by fans, for fans, since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with
1: Andy Anderson.
0: And we're going to talk about Michigan's absolute demolition of Rutgers by a score of 78-0. to Well Andy, what did you think about that one?
1: I thought that it made a real, uh, tough article to write, uh, going through all that scoring. But, uh, it was, it was a very happy occasion. The Wolverines were really up for the game. They were all business. They knew what they were doing. And, uh, Jabril Peppers, uh, showed his work to the team as he kind of set the stage for the victory. Got him going. The offense was moribund. abundant. state didn't look too good in the first couple of three series. And uh, Jabril turned it around and got it going. Got Michigan on the board. And he had that 63-yard run. He didn't quite make it in, uh, but uh, it was a thing of beautiful, uh, beauty. And I know that Carball will get some criticism for the score being what it was I didn't think he ran it up by the third quarter he had substitutes of all kinds in there second and third strings but by that time Rutgers had simply quit playing football very hard and uh, the score showed it what would you think?
0: well it was all Jabril all the time um you know what's interesting to me is that there's just a huge gap and you know you know Coach Harbaugh, you know, talked about this. The basically there's a huge gap between the talent that Michigan has and we're talking two or three lines deep compared to where Rutgers is right now and that really Michigan the Michigan, some of the Michigan starters didn't have great games. You know, speaking specific, specifically of Devante Smith and Bolton Spate didn't exactly. look, didn't look particularly good. So right. w- when you consider that the the offense stuttered a little bit early on, um, and, and and it got rolling. I mean, you know, you wondered if the rain was going to slow things down and And the reality is is that it may have for a little bit, but Michigan just ran on the ground and ran and ran and ran and ran it down their throat. uh you Between know the tackles. we talked about how Michigan was deep at running back, and they just came at you one after another, and that's what they did, with the exception of Devan Chris Evans looked great um Jabril looked great when he was in there uh it so y- you look at it and you know, first, I, I keep coming back to that, you know, boy, Rutgers really doesn't look they look right now that they should be in the same field. Um, it's hard to believe that we lost them a couple years ago because I, I just, you know, again, programs in different universes right now. Um, you know, you look at the Michigan side, you know, Chris Evans, uh, 11 for 153. Um, you know, Karen Hingdon Karen um, 13 for 114. Ty Tyazik 12 for 93. Jabril Peppers three for 74. Shoot, you even hit Bobby Henderson get into the scoring act. So, and then yeah. you look at you look at Devion who's just been a hammer this season, and you know he, he ran for 11 yards. So it, again, it, it shows that um, you know the, the Michigan running game at the running back position is, is as deep as ever. Um, you know, you know, we had that scare where Bushel Beatty went down, um, and you wonder how he's going to be, but I think, you know, we got the bye coming up, so he's going to get two weeks to rest. He ended up coming back. Um, so so considering that really the first couple minutes between, uh, you know, the, the offense kind of misfiring and the, and the injury really looked <laughs> kind of dire, it's pretty hilarious when you look at the final score.
1: You bet. It was kind of interesting that they're right in the, uh, I think they're at 28 to nothing, and and, uh, Harbaugh decides that they're going to use a play that they've been practicing all week and have a holder, that I didn't even know his name, uh, on the extra point, got the ball, stood up, ran it in cleanly and nicely, and laid the ball down like he did it every day. But that was kind of, that two-point play was kind of interesting that that went on. And I guess Harbaugh said afterwards that it, they they just noticed that from the lineup that they could do that, and they thought about it on previous plays, but it just was set up perfectly on that one, and they ran it, and it worked. So that shows that somebody's on the Michigan side is paying attention to things. He didn't do it to run up the score. He didn't have to in this game.
0: Well, did you come away from this game thinking that perhaps Harbaugh was uh, taking it out on Rutgers a little bit?
1: Well, I, I thought one thing all along. I thought he saw that big score by Ohio State. There and maybe wanted to duplicate that or, or best that. I I thought that was part of it. I don't. I, and I think they wanted to make a good showing for the New Jersey people, the the recruits there and everything, because they do have a they have driven stakes into the territory, recruiting territory in New Jersey, and uh, he wanted a good showing. I don't think he had a purposely run up any score, though, because but they did a workman, all business, workman-like all the way. They were in it all the way, and there was a big Michigan crowd there, I guess. The uh, Rutgers band even played the Michigan fight song as courtesy at one point and got cursed and uh, yelled at by some of their own uh, supporters for doing it. But at the end of the game, there were a large number of Michigan people left. I understand, and not so many of the Rutgers people because they had uh, they headed for the exits about half time. Many of them, I understand.
0: You know, on one hand, you can look at the score and say that Harbaugh ran it up, but again, they were two or three deep. In the second
1: half. exactly,
0: And they they were rotating quarterbacks. um, And and they ran the ball. So I I don't know what else you're supposed to do other than to kneel. And, uh, you know, uh, again, you know, it's weird because at the end of the game, my thought was that Harbaugh was really taking them to the the woodshed. And then when I watched the game again, I'm like, well, what are you supposed to do? I mean, when you look at the stats... You know they only threw the ball sixteen times, okay, for 119 yards, and, and you know they they you know John O'Corn threw for a touchdown, Spate threw for a touchdown, but most of the touchdowns were on the ground. So yeah. so you look at that, and again you know they ran 488 yards of of the offense was on the ground, and only 113 um, or 119 was was through the air. So. You look at it and, um, you know, when you have a weapon like Peppers who can do so many things uh, in the offense, you know, one of the things I was glad to see is that Harbaugh did get the starters out because the last thing you need in this game is for someone to be injured, uh, a spade or one of your starting wide receivers. Um, you know, one, one thing that did surprise me in, in – Uh, You know, I'm wondering, you know, what your thoughts are. Is for Jake Butt to be such a weapon and to only, uh, you know, catch one pass for five yards?
1: Well, listen, Jake Butt Butt is not news to anybody, and they're programming their defense against him. Everybody is. Everybody has seen enough of him now that they're really watching him. And uh, maybe he's being used more as a decoy worried me a little. The state was off on some souls that actually should have been completed that he could have made. And then he turns around and he throws that beautiful one to uh where they made the diving, running catch in the end zone, which was perfectly timed on both sides by him and by Jayu. And yet at other times he threw low a couple of times. He threw high over somebody once. Did I recall? So he's still got a lot of refining to do, but he's coming along. I wish we'd have got to see a little more of old corn. He looked
0: pretty quick, to me. Yep, see, before you go on, Andy, i, I got to say, the way I looked at what's going on with Bud is, listen, I don't think Rutgers could stop anybody do, from doing anything yesterday. So it's one thing... Well, that's... Uh, so, so hold on, let I, me finish, okay, that... I, I, don't, I don't give Rutgers credit for stopping anybody yesterday. I think the larger problem is, you know, they say with quarterbacks, the hardest thing to do is the intermediary throw, and I think that that's where most of Butts' um, routes were yesterday. So I, I look at, at, at you know Butts' one reception um, more of a reflection of that Spate didn't start out having a really good game, um, and, and frankly, they didn't need him. So I'm 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 not throwing the alarm yet. We'll, we'll wait to see how how things go the next couple the next couple I'm, games. I'm
1: not alarmed either, but I know I do know that they scheme against. But I knew, know that even as being a bottom uh, bottom feeder like uh, Rutgers is, that when they pay, when they concentrate on somebody, they can make it a little more difficult. But then they are using them too, just like they use uh, peppers to distract from the other players. So. I don't know. Uh, well, I'm not worried about State. I think she'll come along. If they, I it, don't think if they that, targeted Jake,
0: but it's the only thing they were able to stop all night long.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they 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 they, they, did some, they made some plays now. They did uh, they did run an interception back, so they made an interception. They aren't they aren't totally defunct of. Uh, in uh, uh, football skills, and they practice it every day like everybody else, but they are one of the bottom-seaters of the Big Ten, and it kind of supports what I've always thought, is that I don't see why they are in the Big Ten. I didn't like their inclusion in the Big Ten. I didn't think it really fit very well, and certainly didn't bring too much uh, football acumen to the Big Ten. They're basketball either. But that's a different matter. They do play every day. They do practice every day. And once in a while, you know, uh, the squirrel finds an acorn.
0: Yep. They, again, not to dismiss their effort, but their results. When you when you give up 78 points, and and, and the interception wasn't an interception because it, it bounced off the ground. So... I was actually glad yeah, right, to see. Right. I was glad to see that not count because I thought. I mean, when you're talking about a team that didn't manage a first down until the closing minutes of the game, um, right. again, it, this is not to accuse their effort, but it is to to uh, you know call it what it is. That really, this was this was like Michigan playing Eastern, um, and actually, Eastern's having a pretty good year this year. Um, and, and to your point I mean we have we've, we've griped about both Rutgers and Maryland that you know they're, they're not real exciting additions to the uh to the Big 10 um, and uh you know you, you come away from this game just um, you know kind of shaking your head wondering where they're going to go I mean you know the commentators on TV kept talking about the culture that the coach was trying to build and you know, when you've gotten, when you've been unable to score two consecutive week for two consecutive weeks and get blown out by over 120 points, uh, that's that's that can't do wonders for your locker room. Um, now again, I'm not, in, you know, one thing I will give them credit for is that um, it would have been really easy to for the game to descend into some cheap shots from the from the Rutgers side. And,
1: and, Absolutely, and I did not get see that. That, for that. I did not see that. So that's no. There were some fights in the stands. I guess I've been reading their newspapers. Uh, there were a few fights in the stands, but mostly uh, everybody seemed to get along. Uh, but they—they are—they are one of the worst football teams that I've seen in a long time. They're not as good as they were in 2014. Brady should have had the kind of luck that Harbaugh has had and played against them rather than the better team that they had in 2014. But, uh, they just aren't very good. There's no way that you can paint that any other way and you don't, we don't want to let the, that, of those 78 points color our expectations in other games because the majority of the games coming down the pike will not be that easy and won't be as much of a showcase. But it sure as hell was fun to have that happen at least once a season. Uh, it was interesting. It was the most interesting game.
0: So, moving on from from the the butt-kicking, um, so, what did you think of Harbaugh launching the Jabril Peppers-Heisman candidacy? Well,
1: I think, uh, I think- uh, understandable. Might be overdue. Other coaches get into it a little earlier than this. But I, I think that he's a spectacular football player and uh, whether or he wins at Heisman is probably in direct proportion to whether or not they won the Big Ten championship and whether they get into the final four and when they do, how they do that. So I think it's fine to have a publicity campaign. And a lot of coaches do a lot more along those lines than they ever have done at Michigan. But after all, it's it's a big award and it has to be earned. But I don't see anybody playing football that's got much more talent than him. He's sort of a renaissance man. He can do everything and he does a lot of it without uh, practicing a whole lot at the position because how could he practice for all the Places he plays are hours and enough in the day to do all that stuff. It'll take some. It, it's good for the team. It won't hurt the team. Everybody accepts him as the best player on the team, including probably Peppers. But, uh, he's got the personality to go and the class to go with his, with, with his surgical skills. So I'm all for for Jabril
0: Peckers getting all that he can. You know, I I think back to um, when Woodson uh, was a Heisman candidate and obviously won the Heisman. And he really, uh, you know, the candidacy seemed to build throughout the season. Um, It's interesting to hear Harbaugh tout him, and I definitely think that while Harbaugh definitely has a dog in the fight, I think his status as a former NFL coach and as a former player um, really adds some luster to to the the candidacy of Peppers. And again, I, I, you know the sad the, the sad thing that I that I have right now that I'm thinking is that I don't think there's any way Jabril Peppers comes back next year. I mean, I, I think we're seeing the. You know, we're seeing his final, you know, year at Michigan. I can't see any circumstances, um, you know, other than perhaps some kind of injury at the, you know, that that would keep him. But, you know, I've always said if you're going to be a, a an upper first round pick, which he certainly looks like he he could be, um, be, sure. And we've talked about, you know, his his interpersonal skills, his interview skills, his attitude. He seems to have like the whole package that. An NFL team would just love, um, you know. And again, you know, we're pretty far out from the draft, but it's easy to see him as a first-round pick. And I think that's being uh, that's being pretty pretty low, pretty having a pretty low expectation, um, you know. And again, looking at the at the opponents coming up, uh, it doesn't look like he they're going to be pulling him. Uh, looks like they're going to be using him more and more. I, I don't think we're going to see less of him. And that one punt return that was called back was spectacular.
1: <laughs> Wasn't that something? And, and, and Wasn't
0: it's just—it's it, almost not fair. And, and that's the thing that—you know—one of the things that I love about college football is that you see these mismatches, not only in teams but in talent. Um, you know, when when a player when a player goes up to the NFL, everybody is super fast. Everybody is super strong. Um, you see Peppers, who is head and shoulders above. You know, at a different level, even on Michigan's team, and when you see him match up against a team like Rutgers, which again played hard but is not at the same skill level, he can really do some amazing things. And I'll tell you, he reminds me of watching Desmond Howard. That's what he reminds me of. Um, you know, and I know that you know Desmond Howard was primarily an offensive player, but just the excitement when he touches the ball, and every time he goes back. Um, and I'll tell you, if I was an opposing team, I would never kick it to them. I don't think there's any, there is no circumstance. You know, and I guess the only time is there is that one play against, um, you know, when Rutgers was basically in their own end zone. And, you know, when you're in those circumstances, you don't have a lot of options. You just need to get the ball off. But, but okay, so let's, let's replay that. So you're, you're an opponent. And you have the option of kicking right off to um, peppers, or possibly you know having it blocked. Uh, you know, not not a not a good circumstance. Not a good.
1: Um, or if you kick it out, if you angle it out, it'll go out early and give the other team a real great field position. Uh, he he is a, a tremendous asset back there. at Everything he does. I wish his I wish his pass coverage, one on one coverage, was a little better, and I think it'll get better as he gets more experienced. You well know,
0: what I wonder is, and, and we don't talk about this a lot, where would you see him playing in the pros?
1: Yeah, that's a, he's going to be sort of a twinger. I think he has got to be defensive backfield someplace, probably safety.
0: Yeah, I was wondering, you know, if he is, if he's a corner because he doesn't seem. Uh-huh. He doesn't seem like a a, a lock on, you know, uh, take away half the field corner. I, I see him as I see him as a safety too.
1: What he can't do, what Jordan Lewis does better, as good as Jordan Lewis does it. So I don't think he's he'll be a prime corner. I think under some circumstances he can play corner. I think he's gonna he's going to have to be a safety.
0: And I got to tell you, I think the quote from the game was Chris Evans. You know, they were asking him about his play, and he said, "You know, it's a sin to be good when you were sent to be great." And yes. I, I love that quote. and, and you yeah, know me too. I, I tell you, I wonder if that is, um, you know, I, I wonder if that is really <laughs> kind of the epitaph or the, or the model for this team. Is you got by Wisconsin, Michigan State is always a test, but you got to feel pretty good about the odds right now. And the pieces are all here to really put together a pretty magical season. And uh, I'll tell you, this has just been a, a ride watching, uh, you know, the the global change that Harbaugh has brought. Just. Yes, That's incredible! And I'll
1: tell you. Is that, what, what worries me? The maybe? unity on the team and the way they get together is absolutely remarkable, and their continuous enthusiasm for the game and for what they're doing and for the goals is remarkable under this man. He's a very, very good football coach, which I know it's like Sam there was a good coach, but this guy, this this guy is more cosmopolitan than ever was. And he he gets the modern world and then the publicity of the modern world and he he's a, a man right for his time is far So he's doing a heck of a job, but a lot of things in football it's a tough, hard physical game and you don't know how the blows are gonna fall where the breaks are going to be in the pull block uh ACLs and all that other crap that you go through in such a heavy contact sport. So it's a long haul, a long season, but they sure look like they're primed to make a heck of a run for a championship.
0: Well, I'll tell you, what worries me is if you're an NFL owner and you have more money than God, can there <laughs> be any other coach... That, that would be on your wish list higher than Harbaugh right now? I mean, just, to, or, or any team. I mean, if you have, I mean, and I think of, you know, they
1: talk about... Well, the, fort, so the fortunate thing is I don't, I don't think Harbaugh would leave for money because he's got plenty of money. But I think that he might leave for the challenge at some part. But he's not going to go anywhere until he's the final... Winner in Michigan. He's not going to go anyplace before he has won a national championship or played in the national championship game. We've been a contender at that level. Or five. <laughs> uh,
0: uh-huh. What'd or, you say? or five, I, I hope.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. I, I think he's happy in Ann Arbor, though, so for the moment, we're all set. He couldn't he couldn't. He he has just glued this team together in a manner that most teams that I have watched at Michigan have not been to glued together that tightly. They seem to get along and like each other at every level and be willing to fight for each other. So more can you ask?
0: All right, and that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with
1: Andy Anderson.
0: Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.